What's up? It's Andy Grammer with Jag. Hi, this is Carly Rae Jepsen, and you're listening to Jag. Hi, everybody. It's Joe Jonas hanging with Jag. This is Heather Knox with the hottest Jag I've ever seen. Ryan Seacrest with Jag. It's B.O.B. checking in with my homie Jag. So much swag with my homie Jag. It's the Jag Show podcast. For over a decade, I've been saying the only way for local media to survive is for smaller organizations to take the power back from giant corporate behemoths. We need companies that can connect with communities and create compelling content. And in Detroit, one of the greatest fan bases in America, some of the most compelling content surrounds sports. Enter Woodward Sports, a new local media outlet started by Sam Day, a.k.a. Stick. He's someone I've worked with in radio and whose career I've watched take off for the last decade from afar. He is my guest today, along with his co-host in the morning, Joey Namu. Stick and Joey, welcome to the Jag Show. Hey, how you doing, Jag? What's up, Jag? And I, I got to get on that intro. This is Stick with Jag. Man. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to get you in there as well as the show continues. You to- Ryan Seacrest. Well, you know, I, you know, I, you know. I had some connections from the radio days. <laughs> and before we get too deep, um, Joey is also part owner of Woodward Sports, too. All right, we'll make sure we have that accurate. So thank you for clarifying on that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's something that he's been very coy about it <laughs> for some reason. But Joey is a big part of this, and he is a, he is a, there's four owners to this, and Joey is one of them. Who are the other two? Uh, there's myself, our buddy Adam. If you watched the uh, Morning Wood show, he's kind of like our producer and tech guy. Mm-hmm. And then the guy that's really just been the venture capitalist and all of this that's kind of pushing it forward as fast as it's going, Chad Johnson, the guy who owns all the Lady Janes nationwide. He's pretty much the financial backer behind this at this point. Like We could have been doing this in our basement for a little while yep. and, and, and grinding it out, but now here we are in beautiful Birmingham on Woodward. Badass studio. Yep, uh, Maple and Woodward right across the street from uh, the Jag Show home base as well. So we're going to come over and uh, get together after COVID here. Heck yeah. Let me ask you guys this, and I want to come back to the funding and Lady Janes and all that in just a moment because you're in the studio that is right next to Lady Janes right there at Woodward and Maple here in Birmingham. And then... The studio was being used by a radio station at one point, but you guys have took it over for yourselves, right? So uh, Chad, a couple years ago, he, I guess he had always wanted a station. And he spent a lot of money in radio, getting morning shows to come to his stores, getting live broadcasts. And he, you know, I think he got sick of the pushback of, well, if we do it, you're going to need this, this, and this. So finally he was like, you know what? Fine, fine. I'll build the whole studio. Now <laughs> you got no excuses. Uh, so he had the studio here for two years, and he had a deal with Beasley where they would come in um, one week a month and they rotated through the three stations and just broadcast one day part out of here. So it'd be, you know, live from the Lady Jane Studios, it's 105.1 The Bounce, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So let me ask you this, Dick. So you and I um, and Joey and Chrissy and all of us have done nights at one of the radio stations here in town. And then yep. our travels have taken us all over the place. And I know you were programming out in the western part of the state, a radio station. And then you came back to Detroit. How did this whole idea of Woodward Sports start and take off? Um, I mean, it, honestly, it started when uh, my best friend passed away in July. Uh, she she died in a car accident. You know, it was like it was a solo car accident. She went off the road, hit a tree, and literally split her car in half. Oh, sorry to hear. And you know me, Jag. Like, we've known each other like a decade. So, you know, I've always been a sports type of guy. Like, I've always loved sports. I've always been about it, especially my city. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't put me in Boston because I couldn't give you the starting lineup from 1984 like I can here in Detroit, you know? <laughs> and Tracy was, like, my friend who would always be with me. She'd go with the games with me. Thanksgiving, we'd watch the Lions games. Like, And sometimes when I'd watch games, I'd say something, and 30 seconds later, the commentator would say it. And she'd always be like, look at me and be like, 
why aren't you doing sports? Why aren't you? And honestly, she said that to me for the past 15 years of my life. She kept saying it over and over and over again. And then once she passed away, I was doing marketing for some companies in the Detroit area, just having fun, being creative. I love marketing. You know, that's just what we do as yeah. like people. We create noise and we draw attention to companies. That's what you do with radio stations. That's what you do with marketing. Um, and I just really wasn't fulfilled. I was searching for something to get back into radio and to get back into just having an outlet to talk like, like you're doing with your podcast. Just an outlet is so important. And I was just sitting there and I was, it just hit me and I was like, you know, Tracy told me to do a sports podcast. God damn it. I'm going to do a sports podcast. Like I got off my ass and I was sitting there, I was thinking about the website and what the name could be. I was just like, man, everything Detroit sports takes place on Woodward. That's where LCA is. Yeah. Where Comerica park is Ford field. It's not technically on it, but you can see it from Woodward. So I was like, you know what, let me see if Woodward Sports is available. And I searched, and holy shit, it was available. And I bought it in that moment. Uh, I called Adam, the partner we were talking about a little earlier, and I told him, hey, man, I just want to do a sports podcast. Like, I just want, you know, I I learned a lot about Google Analytics and about how to create a, a good website to get good traffic. And I wanted to implement that and really just have a fun feel to the Detroit sports again. And Adam was like, Bro, I love this idea. I've been wanting to do sports for two years. And he goes, let me build your website. And I was like, let you build my Sure, yeah, let's do it. Go ahead, build my yeah, website. Yeah, yeah. Like, you should be honored to be building my website. <laughs> Literally the next day, we had content up, articles up, the website built, and we were off and running as Woodward Sports, and that was, you know, literally three months ago. So how does it go from an idea of a podcast and a website to an entire <laughs> network where you've got you, the three of you guys in the morning, you just announced another big name in Detroit radio, Sean Belegian, with former line, uh, Joyk Bell, doing middays with you guys, yep. and an afternoon show you've been teasing coming up to announce later on. How does this whole thing go from a podcast to three daily shows? That's where Chad Johnson came in. Mm-hmm. So Adam and I were working on the website. We were getting great traction. You know, Google started pumping us up in the rankings. Like it was, it was really fun to watch organically grow. Yeah, and I was putting a little bit of money behind Facebook, and you know, put up a post, and you know, just just getting this thing rolling. And then Chad Johnson, I've always been a fan of from a distance. He was really heavy involved in like morning show promotions at the station we all worked at and flying those guys out to the iHeartRadio Music Festival and all that stuff. And I never really hung out with him. You know, he'd, he'd go gamble with all of them. And <laughs> you know me, like I just hang in the back. If, if Chad and I were to ever have a relationship, I wanted it to be like an organic relationship. Sure. Uh, not just because he spends a lot of money on radio. And when I was in Grand Rapids, I helped out Tim, his GM, with some charity facilitating that, like letting kids on air for them and just, just doing cool stuff with them. And you know what? I was sitting there on the couch and I actually called you, Jag, you know this, because I I was like, dude, I'm going to create a studio in my basement. Mm -hmm. And I called you and I asked you, I was like, what do I need as a starter set, essentially? Microphones and stuff, yeah. And you went over what I would need and I started doing the math and I was like, holy shit, you know, if if I'm going to do this right, I'm going to need about five to ten grand if I want, like, perfect, great studio quality stuff. Yeah. Then I knew this studio was just sitting here in Birmingham, not used half the time. So... I was friends with Chad on Facebook. Quick little flashback when my dad was uh, battling cancer. Out of nowhere, Chad donated $5,000 to my dad. Um, And honestly, I didn't know Chad at that point. So to me, he 
he's always been aces in my book, man. Like sure, I respect yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know me from anybody and he supported my family with $5,000 just out of the kindness of his heart. And I've since talked to him about that now that we have a relationship. But besides that, you know, um, I messaged him on Facebook. I was like, Hey man, I got a really cool idea. I know you're into sports. This may be something you like. Luckily, he was in town that week because he lives in Florida, but he's up here one week a month. And he's like, you know what? I'm in town Tuesday. Stop by anytime between noon and five. Yeah, there you go. I replied to the message. I said, what about two o'clock? Didn't get a response. Didn't get a response. Didn't get a response. (laughs) Next day comes. Didn't get a response. I called Adam. I was like, Adam, we're going. I don't care. Yeah. He didn't respond. We're just going. So we walked in here. They were in their meeting room. They were having a like eight people meeting. He stops the meeting, brings me and Adam in, wow. and I pitch him the idea. I tell him, "Look, this is what I want to do. I got a group of guys that'll like crush this city that already do club promotions. That are already just fun people in the city, and we wanted to give that back in a sports way." And he looked at me. He's like, "I like the idea, but uh, no, no." And I was like, "Oh shit!" That was my next question: was how you sold him on it? Okay. Well, he looked at me and he was like, I like it, but no. He's like, I don't want just a show out of you. I want a whole network. Oh. What will it take for you to deliver me a network? Wow. And my eyes just lit up. You know, he was like, Do we need to buy a radio station? Do we need to do this? And, you know, me, I'm just like, Hold (laughs) on. I told him, I was like, No, we don't need to buy a radio station for what we're doing because I think, as we know, the future is digital. Mm hmm. It's not analog radio. It's taking and delivering the message straight to somebody's phone. Yep. You know, it's right here. This is where everything lives. And so Adam and I came up with a pitch. Uh, we asked him for a shit ton of money. Uh, he did not give us everything we asked for, but he's delivered on more, which is weird to say. Because, like, initially we pitched something. He was like, X this, X this. If you need this, just ask. And honestly, everything we've needed, it's just been a great marriage, a great relationship. He's pushed us in ways and sped this whole process up to where we're literally moving at warp speed. So you've got the great partnership with Lady Jane's, but I'm also seeing you've got this station vehicle from Zot. And you've got Detroit Dog Rescue in there. And you've got all these partnerships. Is that sort of come from the partnerships and relationships you forged in your time here in radio? A million percent. And a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it's this guy right here. Like, I have good relationships, but Joey is the mayor. (laughs) (laughs) But Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, like, this is just, the it goes for everything in life. If you're a good person, it's all coming back full circle. And when it comes to the Detroit Dog Rescue, we reach out, actually, they reached out about wanting to do something, and it was Giving Tuesday yesterday, and they were like, well, let's partner up and do some good for Detroit. And we were like, dude, just come on in. We were actually talking about how Stick wants to do a segment weekly yep. with you guys because we all got love for pets and especially dogs. And and we were like, this is a perfect opportunity. So they came in, we had a ball, and now we're going to turn this into a weekly thing. So it's just things that, that we've already been doing in our life. Right. But now we can do it on our own network because when you're in radio, you don't have like all day to just stop down the music and just talk to people. Right. So – with us doing this, it's just an open talk format. The people love it. So why not give it to them? When I first came to Detroit and I met you about 10 years ago, you know, there was this whole idea, you know, because I was an East Coast guy, I grew up in Boston and Detroiters notoriously have a chip on their shoulder. It was like, oh, you're an East Coast guy. Like, what do you think of Detroit? And I was like, I really like Detroit. Everybody here has been so welcoming. And as soon as I said, I like Detroit, people just welcome me with open arms. They're like, hey, okay, cool. Welcome. You're one of us. 
Right. Yeah, as tough as people in Detroit are, we're just so sick of hearing about how bad of a place this is. So when somebody actually shows love to this city, it's like, oh, my God, these guys get it. You know, because everybody that talks about this city and all that, they're not from here. So they never really know. Like, I'm sure you had a vision of what Detroit was going to be before you got here, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's not that at all, is it? No. And what I always say is, having spent the first 30 years of my life on the East Coast, I didn't realize how mean people were on the East Coast till I came into the Midwest. I'm like, shit, everybody here is so nice. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're a bunch of badasses, but we will hold the door open for you. Exactly. Exactly. So, Stick, what really caught my eye about Woodward Sports, and I've kind of been following your journey as you've launched this whole thing, but at some point you started poaching talent from Detroit radio stations. Uh, You got Joey from our old radio station, and you got Chrissy from another station in town. I won't mention any radio station names and sort of CYA legally here, but you managed to lure people away from established commercial radio stations to join Woodward Sports. How did you do that? Uh, first, I think you're phrasing this wrong. <laughs> um, conglomerate radio has done a good job ripping the hearts out of anybody with creativity and anybody with passion. <laughs> so it's not so much I poach them. It's they wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people have worked with me in the industry. I've run radio stations and markets. You know, I was syndicated in like seven different cities and stuff like that. And we've all done that side. But when you start talking to people who got into radio and where their energy was when they first got there to where their creative energy is now and what people won't let them do. They got ideas, but you know, corporate won't let them do it. Or you're working on a station where only one show is allowed to be the star and nobody else is allowed to get any love. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help but laugh there. <laughs> but it's the truth. It rips the heart out of people who would literally run through a wall when they first started working through radio to now just like, yeah, I put in my four hour shift and then I'm out the door. And it's like, no. You know, something I've said in my podcast many times before is talk radio, when by talk I mean news, sports talk, and generally morning shows have that reign to have personality and connect with audiences. Right. But over the last 10, 15 years, if you were on a music station and you weren't doing mornings, you know, much like in the roles that you and I have been in, it became shut up and play the music. And then radio lost the one way that it connected to audience, which is personality. Yeah. When I was doing nights here, you know, I got a little lucky. My program director at the time let me do minute and a half talk breaks. I could talk for a whole 90 seconds. Ditto. Ditto. You and I did nights on the same station. And that was probably the, my yeah. favorite nine months of my career was doing nights on that station here in Detroit. Right. And that's when we got to put our personalities on display and come up with cool bits and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it all goes back to I didn't poach any of these people. I didn't lure them away. You know, like literally with Joey, Joey's one of my best friends, period, Mm -hmm. in life, in everything. Like Joey is just a great human being. We've always had a good relationship and I respect the hell out of Joey. So I called him as just my boy and just telling him about all the exciting shit I had going on in my life. And we hang up. I just thought it was a normal conversation and about... I don't know, five hours later, Joey calls me back and he apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry, man. I'm like, dude, what are you sorry for? Like, I I have no idea what this call is. He's like, you know what? When my brother starts something that's going to be great, my first reaction should have been like, I'm part of this. It's me and you. Hmm. 
And literally it gave me goosebumps. You know, we, we cried together. Like, you know, listen, I haven't been happy as I've been when I was working with you type stuff. Like the fun isn't there. The respect isn't there. People keep telling me I'm not good enough. And it's like, dude, anybody who tells Joey that he's not good enough doesn't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Like Joey is one of the most talented people I've ever worked with in my life. And for him to get mistreated and for him to lose his passion for the industry just broke my heart. And that's what we're providing here. Like we're bringing the energy back into media. And this goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show here, which is that I think because all these corporate uh, folks have had to take over all these radio stations and you've got bean counters in New York or Philadelphia or wherever corporate headquarters is, and they really see people as a commodity and as a line item on a budget as opposed to making that actual connection. Right. The only way that local media is going to survive is if upstarts like you guys, I, I, can I call you an upstart? Is that okay? Um, you can at this point, but uh, very shortly we'll be beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. But we need people to come in and do this sort of thing. So you've got the partnership with Lady Jane's. You needed somebody to be able to put that money in, which is obviously so important. Yep. But also, I have a lot of friends in radio, as I know you do too. And I'm hearing that, you know, revenue is down with the pandemic and the economy and everything we've seen in 2020. But I watch your show on Facebook Live in the morning and I'm seeing ads for Meyer, and I'm seeing ads for Bud Light and I'm seeing Lady Jane's, of course. But how are you finding sponsors and selling ads? Well, I mean, the same way that we talked earlier that we know where digital is going, I think your sponsors are smart too. They see that, you know, uh, Lady Jane's, I told you, spent a ton of money in radio uh, early on. Mm -hmm. And they're starting to see when they used to spend money, it would be about $15, $20 a head to get someone through the door. Now they're seeing their return on investment is like 60 to $75. So the consumer is actually realizing that, wait a minute, radio's no longer working. Hmm. You know, spending this money for a 30-second spot that just plays and then runs out to the universe and goes wherever to never be heard again. And if the person I want to reach isn't listening in that exact 30-second spot, mm -hmm. I just wasted my money. I think that's the old archaic method. Like now when you buy an advertisement with us, as you see with video, we can give you video presence. But not only that, our content lives forever. If you buy an ad from us, and we put it in the show, people are watching that show weeks down the road too. And they're almost treating them like podcasts in that way yeah. to where they're going to go back and that your ad lives forever, forever. Like in 10 years, if someone goes back and listens, they're going to hear about Yaldo Eye Center. <laughs> no, it makes total sense. So you're expanding the network. You've got the morning show. Yep. And now you're announcing Sean Belegian and Joyke Bell coming on. You've got one of the Big names in the history of Detroit sports talk in Sean, yep. and of course, a former Detroit Lion in Joyke Bell. How did that happen? Uh, once again, it's another thing. Like, you know, we, we created a buzz with Woodward Sports, and it's leaked its way into the sports entertainment industry. And, dude, I, I wish, you know, I'm not going to disclose names, but the people that I've grown up listening to in Detroit sports and, like, I've respected, given Lions reports, given Pistons reports, mm -hmm. to get messages from them like, hey, I see what you're doing with Woodward Sports. It seems very exciting. I'd love to be a part of it. Wow. Let's me know that we're on the right track. And that, that's what's really been the cool thing about this. Normally, when you come up with a brand new idea and you present it to people, even if it's a great idea, 30% of the people are going to tell you it's shitty. Right. 
This idea, literally everybody we've talked to has just been excited, literally from former players to former personalities. And to me, the biggest part of this, the local sports teams have been excited. The Pistons reached out to us. The Lions have reached out to us just because they want new energy, too. You and I have discussed, you know, radio and what radio is now versus what it used to be. And again, everybody's listening is going to know who I'm talking about that's in Detroit, so I, but I won't mention names. There is a sports radio station in Detroit that is quite successful. How do you look at them? Do you look at them as direct competition? How do you feel about your relationship or lack thereof there? Um, so, you know me, I'm kind of a bull in the China shop when it comes to you're my competition. I hate you. Right. Really, I do look at them as competition, okay. but I don't look at them as uber successful. They're successful by default, in my opinion. Okay. Who has really been here to push them? When do you see them out in the streets? When do you see them reaching out and actually touching Detroit sports fans? When do you see them actually trying to cultivate young talent in this city on air? I mean, they've had two tremendous opportunities this year alone to fill prime day parts with up-and-coming young talent. And they chose to go with the old guy, which is fine. I don't mind the old guy opinion, but eventually mid-30-somethings want their voice heard. Right. 20-year-olds want their voice heard in sports. So these guys don't even speak to the people we're trying to speak to. I think that's a fair point. There's that stereotype of sports radio of the 55, 60-year-old man calling in being cranky, hating everybody. Uh, but you know, it's not just the guy calling in, man. If you listen to that station we're speaking of, it's round the clock Detroit bashing. Really? Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, that's another part of the reason I started this is I was just sick of that, man. It's like, listen, I'm a fan. Fan is short for fanatic. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I love my teams, and yes, Detroit has been in the worst stretch of our entire history for all four sports teams. But I still go to games. I still watch every game. Like, it's still a huge, huge, huge part of my life. You talk about not shying away from a fight, and that's one of the things I love about you in the 10 or so years (laughs) that I've known you. Fast forward for me after COVID, once we have sports with fans coming to again, you've got 17,000 at LCA for a Wings or Pistons game, or you've got 60-plus thousand at Ford Field for a Lions game. You see yourselves being out there doing stuff on the street for all those games and interacting with the fans? You know us, Jag, and to me, that's our strong suit. (laughs) Like, the thing about me, Joey, and Chrissy is we're not your typical radio people like that are comfortable behind the mic but not comfortable in public. Sure. We thrive in those crowd situations. So really, once COVID and the world is able to open up again, I think it's just going to – we're just going to go gangbusters, man. You put us out there against anybody, any crappy promo team that the competition (laughs) is going to send out there with bored kids. They're paying $9 an hour. They're going (laughs) to sit there on their phones, not loving what they're doing. And then you're going to look over and see me, Joey, and Chrissy just going nuts. (laughs) Yeah, activation is going to be a huge part of this. Okay, so you've got the morning show. You've got the midday show announced. You've teased an afternoon show coming as well. And these are broadcast on Facebook Live is the primary way to get them? Yeah, so eventually we'll have our app. That should be done hopefully by the end of the year, and that's where we're going to start driving all of our traffic just so you know you turn on the app and you can take us with you, listen in the car and whatnot. But as of right now, we're on Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Uh, we do Twitter Live. Uh, IGTV is kind of weird to do live because you can only do it off your phone, so we kind of stay away from that. Mm-hmm. But really right now the strategy is be everywhere because nobody knows who the hell we are. That's fair enough. 
So as you get these new shows on the air and as you bring in more sponsors and you grow this thing, what's next? What's on your radar? To me, the biggest next step is making sure that we're affiliated with the Detroit sports teams, making sure that we're a legitimate sports enterprise where people come to us for sports and entertainment. Uh, And then beyond that, man, you know, my five-year plan is to take this to other cities, is to grow this nationally. I love it. I love it. My final question, I have to ask you a Detroit sports question before I let you go because you are the (laughs) resident expert. Which Michigan team, and I know you said everybody's struggling right now, which is true, and I think you know where I'm going here. Which Michigan team will be next to win a championship? Final question for you. It's funny you ask that because I actually did a Twitter poll about that the other day, and the resounding favorite was the Red Wings. Just based on history or where they're at now? or um, I think everybody's kind of at the same place right now, but I think it has a lot to do with Steve Eiserman being in charge, mm-hmm. what he did in Tampa Bay, and just what the Red Wings, you know, the culture here. Um I would say, and I always say this, to me, football is the quickest sport you can go from horrible to champion in the next year. Sure. So obviously the Lions have never gone to champion. (laughs) (laughs) We're hoping it happens at some point, but, and I'm always the biggest football fan. Like that's my favorite sport. So I would say the Lions just because of how quickly you can turn it around. But the Pistons, man, with Troy Weaver coming in, making those moves, And, you know, the Tigers with their young prospects drafting Torkelson last year, like everybody's on the way up because we can't get much lower. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair, my friend. (laughs) And uh, we're going to have to get together once everything uh, opens back up, whether it's going to a Bruins Wings game or a Celtics Pistons game or a Tigers Red Sox game. We're going to have to do something with that when, when Boston and Detroit come back together for sure. Oh, I'm 100% down. And honestly, that's that's another reason, selfishly, why I started this. I want to be on the field for the Lions games. Like, I want access. <laughs> I want to be in the press box. Like, it's just, you know, this is my childhood dream, man. And I, I get the opportunity to be a part of sports culture in Detroit without ever making it as an athlete, which I failed at in high school, you know? You and me both, my friend. I realized that my place was behind the microphone and not on the field. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just very humbling how much the city has embraced us so far. It's very humbling how, you know, when the Pistons show up to drop their new gear off to promote their new swag and their new attitude that they thought of Woodward Sports. And honestly, like I said, this is a three-month-old project. Like, I literally bought the website July 31st of this year. Detroit is such a relationship-based town, and anybody who has spent any time here has very quickly realized that. And I'm thrilled to see that you know, your hard work, your talent, and your relationship building, you, Joey, Chrissy, and the entire team over there. Stick, I wish you the best with Woodward Sports and continued success, and we'll talk again soon. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Let's catch up. Thanks for listening to the Jag Show podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe in Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. For help with your podcast, find JAG on social media at JAG in Detroit or on the web at jagindetroit.com.